And welcome back in another edition Stripe Show podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Thank you for listening. Nice little spike in the podcast here over the last two weeks. We appreciate you. Tell your friends. Got a great lineup coming this week. Every week, starting with this guy to my right, who uh, I always have to get up a little bit earlier than I do because it's 11 a.m. on the East Coast and it's 8 a.m. where he is in Scottsdale, but he's always so good on the pod and you enjoy him. Aaron Oberhoser, thanks, my man, for getting up with me. Oh, no problem. You know, my kids are up at like 5, 530, uh, especially <laughs> in the summertime. Uh, they're ready, raring to go for the day. So I'm always ready to go. All right. Well, we, you know, we wake up. It's a little different here on a Monday because today, Aaron, there's a new number one player in ladies professional golf. And her name is uh, Nellie Corda. In fact, I think she, right now she's the most important impressive player in all of golf um, across the world. This is back-to-back wins, her first major championship. Women's golf hasn't seen a number one player from the United States, which I think is a big thing since 2014. It was Stacy Lewis. Yeah, Stacy Lewis. That's right. This is this is a big day, isn't it? For, for women's I, golf, I, an American I, player, number one. I think it's a big day for U.S. Um, women's golf, for sure. Uh, I think that obviously we know the Koreans uh, ladies, they, the Korean ladies, they have dominated for so long um, because of a lot of reasons. And, and one of them obviously being how proficient they are, um, how dedicated they are, how talented they are, but how and how hard they work. And now Nellie Cordes said, all right, um, it's taken her a little while to get going. But at 20, <laughs> 22 years old. Yeah. At 22 years old, she's got a huge runway out in front of her, uh, and she's long, she's straight. She There's not pretty much a flawless move. Uh, her and her sister both, Jessica, they both have gorgeous moves at mm-hmm. the ball. Um, I, I, don't see, I don't see a whole lot of challengers. If she wants to continue this the same level of, of mastery that she showed up to this point, and she wants to continue that level of mastery, it's going to be really hard for people to catch her. Uh, you know, but getting there's one thing, and Tiger Woods has always talked about this, and I, I always I always go back to Tiger because he's the greatest example in the history of the game of, of sustained greatness. It, it, it's, it's one thing to get there, but as I'm talking about it now, what it takes to actually stay there and be a do- what you would consider a dominant number one, is a totally different ball game. And that's where true greatness is really defined is you're great. Sure. Getting to number one, but how long can you sustain it? How long can you stay at number one? And I think Nelly has staying power, but the the game, the physical game absolutely has staying power. I think it's going to get to a point where it's a mental battle where how long, how hard do you want to work? Um, because there's plenty of phenomenal players right behind yeah. her, knock, uh, nipping at her heels. Yeah, she's number one. You look at the the U.S. women. Daniel King, of course, uh, has played well. She's number five. Um, we'll go ahead and, and adopt Brooke Henderson as number seven. She's from Canada. <laughs> no, but Lexi's nine. And then her sister, Jessica, is at 13, who's also won this year. Are you surprised that it's Nellie, not Jessica, getting her first major championship yes yes Hmm. unequivocally uh i thought for sure that jess just with age and with with 
experience and obviously her her incredible game. Um, I thought for for certain yeah. she would be the first quarter sister to get a major, and I thought she'd have multiple majors by now. And that hasn't worked out. Doesn't mean that she's not going to get one. I firmly believe that Jessica is going to get one, if not more, major championships. But it just goes to show you how hard it is. You just can't yeah. go out there on talent alone and expect to win major championships. There's just too many talented players in the game. Way too many talented players in the game. And uh, I hope this motivates Jess because to see both of them excel and push each other in a very friendly way, uh, I think that that would be great for the women's game and great for the U.S. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, all along. And, and obviously great for the cup team. I think, it's, I think it's a big deal. I, I really do. I think it's Absolutely. great for the sport. I think it's great for the U.S. women. You've got, you know, the the Amy Olsons, the Jennifer Cupchos, the, you know, of the world, right, in trying to kind of work their way up, and they see this now. And I yeah. think to your point, I think it'll motivate Jessica, Michelle Wee now coming back and playing. So I just, you know, I let off the show here because I think it's a huge deal. And, uh, man, she has been impressive. I mean, she yeah. – has how can I put this the right way? She um she can get after you a little bit. Like she can she can put her foot down, you know, when and like she's not gonna like okay, I'm gonna nudge ahead. She can put your her foot on your throat and say, Look, I'm gonna go past you and bury you. She's a yeah. sweet girl. We know that. Yeah. But in the in competition, she's got a she's a got a dog edge. in her, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, she's got an edge. There's yeah. no doubt. Nelly, and that's what I, I I think Nelly, quite honestly, if I can be uh, this is my observation, what okay. I see. And I, I don't know if this is the case or not, but it's what I see from afar as not only a fan, but an analyst. I just see Nelly having just that little bit of raw edge to her over a little bit. And I don't want to, I don't want to create any sibling mm-hmm. rivalry. I'm not trying to do that. And I don't, and it's, and, and listen, I've got two boys and my wife and I do not, don't like comparing them in any way because yeah. they're different people, just like I'm sure Jess and Nelly are. Um, but I just see a little bit more of a raw edge and a nastiness to Nelly as far as a competitor, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. I love. I agree. Absolutely yeah. love. I love to see it across the board with, with people who play the game at the highest level. And I don't know if Jess can adopt that. I don't, Jess can't be someone she's not. Mm-hmm. She needs to be Jessica Corda. And, but Nelly, I think Nelly has that, ki- that killer instinct innately. Maybe Jess needs to develop that a little bit more um, because there's no there's no doubt that Jessica has ridiculous raw oh, yeah. talent and just sim- simple talent, not just raw talent. It's it's uh, it's experienced talent at this point where she understands at the highest level how to play the game. She understands how to play major championships. She hasn't won one yet, um, but I do believe that's coming. I just think that Nelly's got that now that kind of lead, that head start from a psychological perspective. Um, and I'm hoping that pushes Jessica to the next, to the next level. Yeah. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, she goes for three straight wins this week and uh, she's got three this year. So new number one, Nelly Corda in the women's game over to the men's game. Uh, it was a traveler's championship yet again. It delivers. How good is TPC river Highlands? I mean, I gotta <laughs> tell you, I played the course a couple times and I tell people the course is just fun. It's sneaky hard. Yep. It is one of my favorites, and yet again, it delivers. At 13 under, 6,800 yards and change, throw in a little wind, 
And it's unbelievable. It, it, it's fantastic. I, you know, I, during my career, I I rated the TPCs obviously because mm -hmm. we had a gazillion of them, and we still do. Um, and during my career, this was before TPC Harding. So uh, as far as my heart is concerned, it's hard for me to not put Harding in the top. Of course, three. you need to put Harding. Uh, yeah, it's hard for me not to put Harding in the top <laughs> three. But during my, I'll, I'll do it during while I played in the courses okay. that I played. So. Sawgrass number one. I okay. love Sawgrass. River Highlands and the people here in Phoenix are going to kill me, but River Highlands I put over Scottsdale, which is Whoa. the number three course on my list. River Highlands is my second favorite TPC in the whole TPC okay. community um, that we have as, as as a PGA Tour, and I just think that. It's brilliant. You look at the leaderboard every year. You got bombers. You've got mm -hmm. control players. You've got plotters. Um, you got medium length guys. Uh, you've got great putters. You've got great ball strikers. You, I mean, you got shot makers. It, it, it just runs the gamut of the players on the PGA Tour. And no better, I guess, no better example of what we saw this last week yep. with Bubba Watson up there, who obviously had a really rough back nine. But then you saw Kramer Hickok, who was trying to get his first win at Harris English. You know, different style players, yep. um, but both both succeeding very well. It's it's a it's a about the golf course. It's a it's a it's it's really a uh, a lesson in in proper design, in my opinion. That it you is. don't need to have you don't need to have a 74, 7500 yard golf course to create a to create a tough thing. Now, if you go no win and it's soft, guys are shooting 17, 18, 19 under probably there. But a little firm, throwing a little wind. Now you're guessing, especially on that back nine, when you get in those hollows where that wind tends to swirl down there on that back nine, it's hard to pick a club. And, well, and they're going to go to Detroit Country Club this week, and it's yeah. 7,300, and they're going to shoot 21, 22 under. I mean, it's not distance, it's design. Not I mean, Pete Dye, Pete Dye just has shown people, like, look, you, this is kind of how you do it. I mean, yeah. all, his golf course, his sawgrass is similar, that it's not long. But he could challenge you in different ways, and, and Harris English played that finishing stretch extremely well. He took advantage yeah. uh, of his length. His fourth win now in his career, uh, second this year, tournament of yep. champions. He won. Then he kind of took a little hiatus there. He probably celebrated a little bit. Now he's back and he's played well. He almost won at Palmetto, um, and and he wins at the Travelers. I know his coach really well, uh, Justin Parsons. He's been on the podcast a couple times. I've said it before. I think Justin's one of the more underrated coaches in the game. He works with Louis Ustazen as well, who's really um, it has played very well and consistent. Um, you know, you look at Harris, the struggles that he had, Aaron, and I want to frame this to you as a player, as a former player yourself out there on tour, because there's so many guys that go through this. He, Harris was struggling there for many years and he, he jumped around to a lot of teachers and it almost felt like, he was trying to find, um, you know, some magic in a bottle, right? He was just trying to find that one piece. And it was almost like his confidence was reliant on that one thing there. And then he would try to grab that one thing there. And a lot of people listening can relate to that because they're, they're trying to piecemeal it. Yeah. And his confidence was so up and down and he struggled. And now with Justin last two years, I think more of a holistic approach. I think Justin settled him into, look, you've got to, you got to get on a plan and you got to believe in that plan and your confidence has to be more into the belief of what you're doing rather than the piecemealing 
that's happening and then it doesn't work and it's a bandaid and it rips off and now you're, you're just swimming in the ocean again. So it's, he's done a really good job. I think of really just look, settle down, get into a plan. If it's with me or if it's with someone else, let's get on the right track and off they go. I just did an analysis on his backswing and you know, he's, he's definitely kind of shaped it a little bit differently. So the club can come down in his transition and he can hit it the way that he used to hit it. And I think Justin's done a good job of just kind of dialing back him back into how he used to play. Right. And get that plan accordingly. And Harris has bought in and Harris English has played some really consistent golf over the last two years. You, you play enough golf at the highest level. And I, I put college in high end amateur golf, us amateurs, Western amateur, you know, Northeast amateur, you play, you play enough of those tournaments from about 18 years old and onward. And you have success like Harris English has at every mm-hmm. level from, from pretty much college on when he was at Georgia. Now you've created, you've created winning swing DNA. So it's one thing to create swing DNA which I believe swing DNA, you can change it. You can change swing DNA. It's hard to change winning swing DNA because now it's ingrained that it works. Why why do I, where else do I need to go? It works. And now you've found something that you can trust that your body and your mind can trust in the clutch. Then you get out on tour and you see other guys and you get Swing envy, you get trage envy, you get you get apex envy, you you get you get shot shape envy, because now you're in a bigger pool, you're a smaller fish, and you're looking around going, I want to hit it like that dude, I want to hit it like that dude. Oh my gosh, I want that dude's apex, and I want that dude's descent angle, and I want that dude's little fall to the right. And before you know it, you're not the same human being that you once were. And mm-hmm. I believe that that's what happened to Harris English. He lost sight of his winning swing DNA and what worked for him. Is it going to work every week? Well, it could. Presumably it could. Um, are you going to win every week? No, you're not. The best that's ever done it never didn't win every week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, but you're going to give yourself more opportunities. And Justin Parsons has provided Harris with that, with that roadmap you're talking about of understanding when you get off of your, of the tracks, so to speak with your golf swing, how do we get back on those tracks quicker? So instead of taking a tangent way over here, now the tangent is like right here and then boom, it's right back on tangent over here. Oh, right back on. So, the goalposts have been moved in by Justin Par- Parsons for Harris to where when he gets too far, when he gets off a little bit in his golf swing, it's an easy find on the way back. It's an easy recovery on the way back to, to, to refine his golf swing and where his winning swing DNA is and where it came from. And I think that that simplifying it for Harris, giving him one thought, maybe two thoughts tops when things aren't going well. Uh, to come back to, to check, getting back to the basics, man. I mean, grip, posture, alignment, ball yeah. position, every everything that you've ever done wrong in your life as a golfer stems from one of those things. It'll yeah. always go back to one of those things, especially yeah, at the highest level. Good. I mean, he's really done a good job with them. And Phenomenal job. Yeah. You know, you don't, there's so many 
scenarios that maybe go the other way. And as a coach, you win some, you lose some. And I had, I had Justin on probably what, let's see, probably six weeks ago. And it was right after Gary Woodland just left him. And we were talking about that and the reality of as a coach, this cycle that you go through and you got so many good things happening. And then all of a sudden, you know, it doesn't work out with one for whatever reason, that's just part of the cycle and learning to deal with that. And then here's Louie playing great golf. Now here's Harris back in the winner's circle. So the ups and downs of a coach, but the player, of course, you know, they're the one hitting the shots and Harris just looked really comfortable down the stretch. It was really cool to see center stage for Harris's putter. Harris is a beautiful putter people. Oh, phenomenal. He is a beautiful putter. I mean, he that's is one, one of the best of on the PGA never, Tour. Yeah, that's one, one part of his game, Trav, that, that he really never lost, really right. never went anywhere. That putting stroke has been gorgeous since day one. It is. He came out on tour. It <clears> hasn't <throat> changed an ounce. Um, you know, some people have to work hard at it. Harris just has to maintain because he's, right. he's, he's kind of been born with a beautiful tempo to his, to oh. his putting stroke and very good positions. Uh, very fundamentally sound uh, on the putting green and always a good putter. I've always thought a great putter from 15 feet and in, which is really where you make your money on the PGA tour is 15 feet and in. I've always had him in my top 25, top 20 on, I mean, he's just a, he's a great, great putter and it's easy. He's a big guy and he can get it out there. You saw a couple bombs there on 18. He can get it out there too. And his iron games improved and, uh, so he he's a complete player. We'll get to him more with the Ryder Cup uh, in a little bit. But his this this guy here by the name of Kramer Hickok, <laughs> at the beginning of the day, he's like, who in the hell is this Kramer Hickok kid, right? And he's not a kid. It's easy to think that he is. He's 29, folks. Even Aaron and I, we're like doing our read. We're like, damn, he's 29. Um, and, uh, you know, he played he's not at Texas. as young as you think he is. <laughs> right. He played yeah. at Texas with Spieth. He's older than Spieth, by the way. By two years. Uh, by two years. Yeah. And, and and here he is, by the end of the day, standing there with his dog in his hand. He's pretty much stole the hearts of everybody. Like, like this guy just exploded onto the scene. And I got, and I'll be, I'll fess up. I'll be honest. I thought he showed a lot of nerves late Saturday, 17 and 18, bogey and both. I thought he, sure. I, he, he had the lead and I, he looked nervous. And he, and he bogeyed 17 and 18. He came back the next day, and this dude impressed me and made putt after putt, fired up. I mean, I was like, this kid is incredible. Like, the, this was the, unbelievable watching this. Again, the, sorry. The last, the last. Young man. <laughs> yeah, the last seven holes, the last, I will say, well, we had an eight-hole playoff, and then you had two holes. He made... He made um, from the from regulation seventeen and eighteen. There were putts from between four feet, and that last one that he had to make before Harris finally ended it on eighteen. Uh, that one ha- I can't. Uh, that one had to be close to fifteen feet. Yeah. And he made every one of them between four and fifteen feet. That had and, <laughs> and on every hole he had seemed like he had one putt that was that four to fifteen foot length that he had to make, and he made every one of them. Um, and let's face it, the two that he missed to win, I don't yeah, think he, he would hit him any different. I mean, he hit those putts perfectly. No. Slow lip. That, that, oh. that's, that's, I mean, I want to say this is going to sound weird, but that's almost destiny-type stuff in, in, in the mm. wrong way for Kramer, that it just wasn't his time. 
Mm. I mean, how many of those slow lips does that ball wiggle to the right and drop oh. or wiggle back to the left and drop at that 50%, speed? 50% at least. Yeah, it, it, it's just, you know, it, it, it's a, that's a, it it's going to be a very tough beat. He's wake up this morning and he's trying to find answers and he's trying to find a reason how, how in his mind he actually won. And I think it's going to be because of where he's, he was at, the, the 300 FedEx Cup points, to be honest, are massive for him, yeah. oh, big yeah. picture wise. He needed it. He was yeah, outside he the top 125. Now he's good to go for the most part. Okay. But, but I would say that he's probably, I hope he's disappointed, quite honestly. I hope, I hope he wakes up and he's like, man, uh, I'm, I'm disappointed that I didn't win. Um, Take solace in the fact that you that you improved your position for sure, and and take that as a win as far as your job is concerned and the overall job. But you know now he knows what he's capable of, and going head to head with a guy who's probably going to make a, make the Ryder Cup team this year, who's got four wins now on the PGA Tour, um, and I would say that that Kramer showed enough courage and enough, I'd say, guts, quite mm-hmm. honestly to get it done in the clutch. That should give him confidence going forward. Look at all the putts that I made when I needed to make them. Hey, he misses any one of those, he loses. Yep. He misses in regulation. He misses the one on 17 or 18, he loses. And we're not in an eight-hole playoff. He misses any one of those putts, he loses. So the fact that he could make those putts to stay alive when he needed them, man, that is confidence that you cannot pay for. Yeah. Confidence you cannot, you can't pay enough money for what, for what that feeling he should have going into Detroit. He strikes me as someone who, you know, you, you compare Kramer to Jordan, all right, which is probably unfair, but it'll help make my point. They both were at Texas. Uh, Kramer was a red shirt freshman. Spieth was only there as a freshman. And Spieth, of course, is gifted with all of this talent. And we know he works hard too, but he is, he's gifted, right? I mean, you just don't yeah. play at that level without the, God-given he's, gifts, perhaps. He's he's gift he's gifted with great hands, but yeah. he's gifted with the ability. I think that the, the, the thing that's underlying about speed that people don't give him enough credit for is his IQ. And, and yeah. part of golf IQ and understanding how to pick a part of golf course is understanding who you are as a golfer, which he understands extremely well, but also how tough he is mentally. Yeah. I mean, he gives this many you know what. Yeah. You know, speed does. Yeah. So there, there's like he is so confident in his abilities and what he's what he can do, and he's yeah. shown that this year and through the struggles. Kramer's not everybody comes out like that, going, "Yeah, I've got the game. I don't right. care. Yeah, I got a goofy grip. Yeah, I kind of yeah. have a goofy swing. I've got a mm-hmm. weak grip and a bowed left elbow at impact, and it's not textbook. But damn, I know what I'm doing, dude. And yeah. I got a, I got the best short game on earth." There's not a lot of Kramer didn't come out that same way. Well, I don't. So, yeah. So where I was going is, is Kramer is like, he doesn't have, you know, he kind of reminds he's not, he's the guy that's not as gifted as those, right. It's not coming to him as quite as easy. And he has to work twice as hard in speed. I remember a couple of years ago at the Dell technology was, was talking about Kramer Hickok's work ethic at Texas. And obviously it's continued now they're good friends, but he just strikes me as someone. He's like, I'm going to outwork you. I got to outwork you. You know, I used to work with Fred Funk, who that was his mentality. He's like, man, I don't have all this God-given speed and this, and I got, I got to outwork people. And he did for many, many, many years and won a lot. And I think Hickok 
has to keep that mentality. I got to keep working, right? To your point. Yeah, yeah. You know what, Kramer? Go buy yourself something nice with that $700,000 check you're going to get. Go buy something nice. But then get back to work and keep outworking people because that's what he's done. And he's, it's clearly working for him. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's okay. He's going to get back into that situation over and over again. It's very competitive, but I think for Kramer, certainly what he's doing right now, and now with the FedEx kept points are in place, don't get complacent. He's got to, he's got to work twice as hard. It feels like to me to get to that peak level, to push a Harris English where he did. He does. He does. Um, he doesn't have the same amount of talent as a Harris English. He doesn't have the same amount of talent, God-given ability, as as a Jordan Spieth. So he does have to work a little harder. And it it's funny. Those two guys are friends. Very different games. Very different spots in the world of golf right now. Kramer's still trying to find his footing. And that, this was a great step. But they remind me of another friendship that I played against and I played with when I was on tour, and that was Tom Pernice and Vijay Singh. Mm. Those two guys were good friends, played a lot of practice rounds together, still are good friends. And Tom, you know, Tom saw how hard how hard Vijay worked. Jordan Spieth, same thing, works his butt off, much like yeah. Vijay. Although I don't know if anybody really truly works as hard as Vijay worked, um, hitting balls. But Tom didn't have the same amount of talent that Vijay did. Tom knew he had to work twice as hard as VJ or to get to get the amount of to get out of his talent that of what he got out of it. Okay. He had to work twice as hard um, as, as the average player on tour and, and it worked for Tom, Tom won on tour. Tom went on to play on the champions tour and has had a very successful PGA tour champions career because of, because of the fact that he loves it so much and loves the hard work. I kind of look at it. I kind of look at the relationship in, in a similar fashion you know, he can use Jordan Spieth as a, um, and I'm sure he has, as as motivation. He can put he can put that on the wall in his room and mm-hmm. measure himself against that every day. Doesn't mean you're going to get there. You know, I measured myself against guys, you know, like Ernie Els, and okay. um, obviously, stupidly, I measured myself against Tiger at times, and that ended quickly because we realized quickly that that's just not going to happen. Um, so, so you try to measure yourself against guys that you want to aspire to. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. It, it, it's, but you have to be realistic about, I think to a certain extent about your talent level, you can work as hard as you want, but if that person that you're trying to catch is working just as hard and on the right things as well, most likely they're always going to stay one step ahead of you, quite honestly. It's just it, that's just the nature of the game and the nature yeah. of, of talent. But there's no reason why Kramer can't can't absolutely carve out a little niche in this game for himself yeah. and do phenomenal things and have opportunities and all this stuff. You know, I was watching all the numbers yesterday when he was hitting the ball and I'm like, yeah, he might need some firm conditions at times because he isn't as long. But, dude, he was he was, you know, he was. 15 yards, 20 yards max behind Harris, which is yeah. a decent amount, but he can compete. He can compete. He did. There's just certain things that he's going to have to do better than the average guy, uh, than, than maybe the average guy on tour to compete with his distance and some of the stuff that, um, you know, especially that 150 to 225 category, because he's not as long as a Harris English and a lot of the other guys who are on the top of the, the world rankings. Maybe not even as long as Jordan, quite honestly. So, so this so this win for Harris um, pulls him into the eighth spot right now. 
for the Ryder Cup as we transition here. I want to talk to you here before I let you go about the Ryder Cup. Um, so Harris is up to eight now. Moved up five spots with that win. That's a big five spots. Huge um, spot. Yeah, huge. huge. So and, DJ and is one. Took, took notice for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bryson's two. Morikawa, three. Kepka four. JT, five. Xander, six. So those are your six automatics. Oh, Coach Stricker uh, showed the boys that he was going to lead with his clubs. You know, as a, <laughs> I mean, he just put a whipping on those boys up there at the, uh, at the, uh, at the tournament there in the PGA Tour Champions, and I think he won by six, seven under. Pull and pull here tiger, he is, tiger, and pick yourself. I mean, heck, I, I, I mean, you want putters and you want guys who can putt the ball on these things. I would, I, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to Steve Pickett himself, <laughs> he's, especially in Wisconsin. He's, exactly, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, this guy, like. Gonna make it tough on himself, but my point here, where I'm going, is that he 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 led with his clubs. He's letting his clubs yeah. do the talking. He's gonna yeah, have to I know make some decisions I think I know where here. You're going with this, <laughs> and uh, there's a couple other guys that uh, yeah, they're playing pretty good. Brooks uh, or Bryson was seven under T19. Brooks was ten under T5, and uh, at the at the Ryder Cup, and uh, these guys, you know, Brooks playing better than Bryson right now. But it's not it's not all about their clubs. It's it's about this feud that's going back and forth have we two questions here have we officially went too far um with these two which i feel like we have it's just gotten out of control and two um is 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 all of this really good for golf i mean there I, look every feud i get you get to have your feuds and i'm fine with it and i welcome it but it's gotten really personal at least from brooks aside and this back and forth it's gotten petty it's gotten unprofessional and you push it too far, and it's like, is is this really now good for the golf? Is this is, is this is what we're after? What do you what the, do you think here? The the first the the to answer the first question, um, has you know has it? Did you was it has it gone too far? I can't remember the first yeah. question. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, is yeah. It, are we, have uh, we yeah, gone too far with this back and forth with these two? The the, the media, listen, it, you know, I work for a twenty four seven channel that covers golf. Um, so for our news cycle to give us something to talk about. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been good. I'm I'm yeah. completely over it at this point from my <laughs> yeah. end. I I'm sick of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm Brooks and Bryson now on this whole thing, and really at this point, you know, I sort of appreciate Brooks's stance on a guy going back on his word, and but at the same time, dude, it's professional sports. Yeah. That's life. People right. do that. You know, people say one thing and do another all the time. Don't let the dude rent space in your head over that. I mean, and I don't think he is at this point. I think Brooks has probably been told by certain people that are close to him. Time to get over it, man. Let's 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 move on and let's just, you know, he's going to do his thing. You do your thing. No big deal. Don't don't sweat it. And I and I hope that's the case. And on Bryson's end, you know, he's just kind of, you know, and deflecting yeah. and deflecting and just smiling and answering questions and doing the things that he needs to do PR wise to just kind of stay out of the, and making a kind of making Brooks look like the bad guy to a certain extent, although Brooks is doing a pretty good job of it on his own. Um, at this point, I just want both of them to shut up and, and, and just <laughs> go play golf. Yeah. yeah let's let do the talking. Both of you yeah. guys are world-class players with, and major champions, multiple, obviously on Brooks's side, just, Come on, this is beneath both of you guys as adults, quite honestly. Just go play golf and 
if you got anything, deal with it in the locker room and keep it in the locker room. You know, it doesn't need to come out to the media. And, and quite honestly, I'm I'm sick of talking about it. Yeah. And is it good for the game? No, it's not good for the game. And people who say, oh, I, any eyeballs are good eyeballs. No, that's no, no, it's, that's not the game that I play. It's not the game that that I that I want to be involved with. Quite honestly, I, I don't if I wanted that, I'd go to WWE and I'd become a, a wrestling commentator. You know, um, I don't want I don't want uh, housewives of of PGA tour or whatever out there with these two guys. It's just, that's not the way our sport, in my opinion, the sport should operate. And, and that's just one man's opinion. Maybe there's maybe in this culture that we have in the United States now, that's what a lot of people want. They want that. They like the strife. They like the, they like the, I don't know. Everybody's always looking for a fight these days. It seems like, and it's just like, it's I'm over it. Just go play golf and shut up. Well, the reality is, is that, I mean, it, it's uh, Stricker can't be happy with it um, that no. it's went on this long. And I get yeah. the Ryder Cup is still, you know, it's in September, September 21 through 26. But at the end of the day, man, it it kind of just reeks what can be the issue with the USA team versus European team. They're just forget about being close. You got guys that just flat out hate each other. I think it, they're played up a little bit. But this is this is a real beef, especially from. Brooks aside, you can hear it in his voice. You can see him like, like he, yeah. he's yeah, he he's, genuinely... bothered. He's, he's bothered by it dude, yeah. from what I can tell. Yeah, but uh, in all honesty, that's 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 his problem that he's got to get over. Same with Bryson; they both got to figure out how to how to get over this quickly because you know I feel bad for Strick, quite honestly. Yeah, because he's got again on the U.S. team, and I'm sure Europe deals with this stuff too to a certain extent, but they deal with it a lot better and a lot quieter. You don't hear this stuff coming out of the mm-hmm. European camp, you know, about a player this or player that. They keep that stuff really quiet under wraps and they handle it like adults. And I think that, you know, listen, right now, I hate to say it, you know, as a fan, if I'm putting money on, if I'm putting money on a team right now, 100%, it's going on Europe. It's going on Europe with what's going on. Strix got to, you got to get these two together because on paper, once again, the U.S. looks dominant they look phenomenal as they always do but there's always this little these little little things pecking at the u.s team this little little infighting little personality discrepancies that that you you know you just can't for whatever reason the u.s team has a hard time getting over um and very individual and golf is an individual game okay how come europe can come together as a team every two years and absolutely whip our butts. <laughs> I, I, I mean, they do it. How come uh, we can't do it? That's a, yeah. th- that's an answer that has, a, I, I think that's a question that has a lot of answers. And too long, we could have an entire podcast, our podcast or longer on that, yeah. al- on that question alone um, and trace back the history forever. But, you know, it is what it is now. And un- unfortunately, Captain Stricker's got to figure out how to, how to get that team together and, um, and then you have the curious case of, of, of Mr. Reed, who's sitting right outside the top six, number seven, and number seven. And I'm sitting here going, does Patrick Reed get picked? If he's, oh, he's getting picked, if he doesn't, I'm, I'm just saying, does he get picked if he's not, I, I think that's a legitimate question. And yeah. people who, who don't think it's a legitimate question, don't understand the game and don't understand the game at, at this level and what's going on. So 
is his game good enough to be picked? Of course. He's a phenomenal. Why would yeah. the Captain America, why would you want him on the team? Okay. But there are some things that, that have gone on that maybe some guys take umbrage with. So with him. So there's a lot of stuff going on within that top seven, eight, nine, ten guys that uh, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting coming down the stretch to see who gets picked, what Strick does, who plays their way on to this team. You know, who yeah. continues to play well as we've got a long way to go, 10 more events before, quite honestly, we we, we, we get a solidified team. So they'll, put, they'll, they'll smooth it over, at least publicly, Bryson Brooks thing, but it's – there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of anger there, animosity. They genuinely like it, and that's fine. There's a lot of guys you know that don't like each other out there. There's that's yeah. that lives in every industry, by the way. <laughs> there's people, and you got to learn how to deal with that, and you got to learn how to move around with that, and 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 be successful of that, especially now as you get into this team environment. So here we have this, and then Reed's a whole nother situation. So you got DJ at one, right? I mean, is he going to be like, hey guys, let's um, let's get together here and. Let's let's figure this out. He's not going to do that. Is Morikawa? No, he doesn't have the he doesn't have the authority. Probably he feels to go in there oh, and try it, to smooth that out. It's Jordan. It's Jordan. It's JT and it's Jordan. One hundred percent. Those two guys are going to be, in my humble opinion, those two guys, and maybe even Jordan most more so than JT. Although I think JT can do it. Yeah, I, I think Jordan is one is absolutely the leader of that squad and if he doesn't make it as long as he continues to play the way he's playing there's no chance he doesn't get picked even if he doesn't make the team he's mm -hmm. he's playing in september at whistling straits i'd be shocked if he didn't yeah. jordan is the emotional and i mean even i mean if you want to say it physical leader of that team you know yeah. i know there's more powerful players but brooks is quiet dj's quiet um, those guys are more, those guys are soldiers. They're not leaders per se. Right. Of, yeah, of, exactly. of, of men. Those guys are soldiers and they're good ones, but, but that team needs a leader that guys respect. Yeah. And, and I believe that Jordan has been that guy and Jordan is that guy and will continue to be that guy as long as his clubs continue to show what they've shown. Cause yeah. I, 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 you know, you, you, you still have to be playing well to get ultimate respect. Guys will respect you for what you've done and, and who you've been. But you know, this was, you and I both know this is a, what have you done for me lately business? Yeah. The world of golf and, and Jordan still needs to be playing well to get, to get the hundred percent effect of his leadership skills. And I believe he has that right now. And, and I'm, I hope Steve is leaning on him because I'll tell you what I, I, I if, if I'm, if I'm Steve Stricker and I'm captain of that team, I'm going straight to Jordan right now. I'm going, dude, you're you're my guy. You're on the team. And I need you to get these boys all on the same page. I need you to help me get these boys all on the same page. Yeah, good luck with that. I know. Yeah, that's a I don't know. That's a big that's a that's a that's a big, big task. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Patrick's seven, Spieth is eleven. I, they're both, in my view, on the team. Harris at eight, Cantley at nine. They're both on the team. Finau ten scares the daylights out of me. I'll be I'll be honest. I, I just he played he played great. He played great at uh, in Paris. You know that's the thing with Tony. He played he played great in Paris and I, and that golf course Whistling Straits. Yeah, that's it's hard to ignore that golf course 
with Tony and his power and what he could potentially do yeah. on that golf course. I, I played a PGA championship there in 2004 when VJ won. And that is a big ballpark. It is a very big ballpark. Give me so, Sam Burns. Rapsodo Mobile Launch Monitor. Improve your golf swing today. Pro-level launch data in the palm of your hand. It is very accurate. Within 2% of a $20,000 unit. The Rapsodo MLM app automatically tracks stats. And stores video with Shot Tracer, helpful for club gapping and understanding true distances for each club. Rapsodo MLM provides immediate feedback, data, and creates a better practice environment, not mindlessly hitting balls. Extremely portable, cases about the size of a rangefinder. And you know what? You can use it both indoors and outdoors. I love this launch monitor. It's the Rapsodo Mobile Launch Monitor. Check it out at rapsodo.com. R A P S O D O.com. Rapsodo.com. Uh, he's going to have some new blood. We need some like on that team. There are, there's other new blood when you look down the list. You know, you could go Burger. I'd be fine. D- Daniel, that guy, you want to talk about a competitor? I'd be fine with Burger on that. Well, he's on. He's 12. Yeah. So, so right then and there, so right then and there, you've got a, you've got, 12 guys, you could go right down that 12 and you'd have a hell of a team. A hell of a team. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't have to go any farther than that 12. Uh, that, 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 the, the 12 that, that are right there, one through 12. So, um, what Strict decides to do, we got a long way to go. Like I said, I still think that there's a lot of golf to be played to really show who's actually going to make the team as far as the six. Yeah. And, and from there, they're going to have some decisions. You know, he might have some decisions to be made because. You know, Xander, what if Xander falls out? He's sixth. So what if Xander falls out? You're going to keep Xander off the team? He's arguably no, no. statistically the strongest U.S. player right now. I mean, yeah, there's, there's no, no one way. better through the bag than Xander. There's no way you're keeping him off the team. Yeah. So that makes the decision harder, you know, and Cantlay. I mean, the guy's won twice this season. Yeah, he's on. He's in. Off the team. So... And and especially with uh, with I think that those two are gonna will partner up Xander and, and Cantley will partner up again and that the so, the SoCal boys will 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 be a will be a team for uh, um, foursomes and four balls. <clears throat> yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I my you know I, I don't I'm not on the inside obviously and just on the outside, but you just watch, you listen, you and and, <laughs> huh? and you listen, and you're just like man. I need I need a couple young guys that are gonna go in there and mix it up a little bit. Finau to me is he's a obviously he's a great player. He's got the length. Yes, I know he did well in Paris. He still scares the daylight of me. If I had to pick between Finau and like I, I, I I'm with you on Berger. I think Daniel come in there. He's he's a guy that he'll come in and mix it up. I think Burns has got that mentality too. I really do. I, I'd love to see him come in there and mix it up a little bit with some make some noise, you know, and rather than just in the in the backdrop. Yeah, man, these guys are crazy, man. These guys back. No, get a couple young guys in there and say, let's start building something for us, well, it, it, right? And maybe it's not this year. Yeah. But let's just turn this thing around. You know, young guy going in and telling Brooks, like, hey, man, enough's enough. Well, you know, at, let's, let's- well, as, I, as I look at the list here on my computer, look at, let's say, let's look at, look at Scotty Scheffler at 14. Look at, nah. um, look at, you know, Scotty. Well, uh, 
Look at, uh, geez, you could go look at Max Homa. Look at Will Zalatoris at 20. But the problem I have with potentially Homa and Zalatoris, and especially more so Zalatoris, is where's the putter at? Look at Wolf at 22. No. You know? But I, I mean, these are all young guys yep. and new blood, but they all have holes. Well, and, hey, and, Burns and, can... and it's okay to a hole. A hole could be a, a hole could be lack of experience, and a lot of these guys have lack of experience in team competition. So, but you only get experience in team competition by playing, playing team competition. Yeah. So, at some point, these guys have got to go do it. But have they proven themselves enough in other ways to be able to warrant a pick that far down the list from Steve Stricker? I don't know that they have, quite honestly. Yeah. Well, like you said, we still got a little stretch to go, so we'll see what happens um, with that. It's fascinating, though. I mean, it, it really is. They need Spieth on the team. Um, oh, but I, I think they need Reed on the team um, with his uh, with his track record. And you know, I'm just uh, I'd like to see this kind of start to come together a little bit and, and show some, you know, somewhat of unity. Maybe they just go into it and they all just hate each other and they play and they win. I don't know. Who knows, right? But. <laughs> It sure, it sure seems like we're going that way. Well, there's no, there's there's no rule, hard fast rule that says you got to like. Yeah, right. Uh, there's, there's plenty of guys I'm sure on the European in the European locker room that don't get along. Yeah. I'm sure there's guys that have little personality conflicts, but you know what? That side does a much better job of quelling those yeah. and stamping those out and getting that side to one common goal yeah. of beating the U.S. They do a fantastic job of that. As the uh, the United States does not, they don't. They don't do a good job of that, and they haven't done a good job of that in the last twenty years. Yep. All right, my man. Good stuff. Well, we've got uh, we got a couple weeks, and we got the Open. We got some Olympic golf, and then we've got uh, the playoffs, Ryder Cup. Just man, we're in the super season. We're in the middle of it. Still some great golf ahead. The heat is on. I know out there in Arizona, I'm coming out to the West Coast next week up in Idaho. So I'm looking forward to a little, little time away. And um, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and we'll do it again. Thanks, Trav. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right, buddy. I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at Encore Golf. Encore provides some of the most cutting edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter-weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show.